What, which, this, that, or the other? From Bonnaroo to Coachella, traversing the music festival landscape can be tricky. That's where we come in with high fives for everyone. The What Podcast with Brad, Barry, Lord Taco, dedicated to exploring the entire festival scene. Brad has worked in the radio industry for more than 20 years and currently lives in Brooklyn, where he is program director for three stations, including one in New York, one in Detroit, and one in Miami. Barry's been a reporter for the Chattanooga Times Free Press, covering all aspects of the entertainment industry since 1987. That's before you were born. Lord Taco, the smart guy who makes these podcasts on our website at thewhatpodcast.com work. Also really good at identifying babies, loves blue-haired moms, PBR, and his beautiful Volkswagen bus. We all fell in love with the Bonnaroo Festival years ago, not only because of the amazing bands that play there every year, but also because of the incredible community spirit that has developed around it. Radiate positivity. And we really like talking about the inside baseball stuff when it comes to putting on a huge music festival. So join us. You can hear the What Podcast on the Consequence Podcast Network or anywhere you find your favorite podcasts. Hey pod people, Engineer Adam here, jumping in for a quick second to let you know about the brand new all-in-one platform for all of you creative podcasters out there. Anchor makes it easier than ever to make a podcast. It's free to use and has all the creation tools you need to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Plus, Anchor will get your podcast set up on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. Even better, Anchor helps you connect with sponsors, even if you're just starting out. It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. Back to the show. Consequence Podcast Network. Hard people, Leo Phillips here with This Must Be The Gig, your little backstage pass to the world of live music. Every single week we bring you fascinating conversations from the beating heart of the performance scene with some of the most exciting names on this gigantic big spongy globe. We talk passion, we talk first concerts, last concerts and everything in the juicy centre. This week we're sharing a brilliant conversation with Paul James, star of the new Netflix show Soundtrack, which dropped today. Paul is best known for his role as Calvin Owens on beloved ABC Family series Greek. He's also last seen as a lead in National Geographic's popular miniseries The Hot Zone with Topher Grace. And you may know him from independent films as well as shows like Grey's Anatomy, CSI, Shameless. But today our conversation involves us discussing how Soundtrack weaves lip-syncing music video-esque set pieces into its vibrant love stories, following Radiohead around the world, and just casually running into Moses Sumney at a sushi place. And then, a little later, we'll be highlighting one of the best concerts out there with the live show of the week, presented by StubHub. But first up, we have our favorite segment, the always thrilling Les Quiz Robbles. But for that, we'll need to bring in our constant companion here at TMBTG Studios, Engineer Adam. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's time for the Les Quiz Robbles. <laughs> so this week for Les Quiz Robbles, mm-hmm. we have uh, what I'm calling the lightning round. Oh, God. Are you ready for that? That usually means something, but this actually means that it's all songs and albums about lightning or thunder. Oh, that's a good one. I didn't expect that one. Right? It's a good twist. But are we going to do it in a lightning round fashion? Fashion? Um, Yes, I'm going to just scream them at you as quick as I can. Right, let's go. No, no, I'm not going to do that. Ready. Ride the Lightning is the name of an album by what metal legends? Ride the Lightning? Yes. Metal? Yes. Metallica? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, metal? Metallica? This is a hit single from Live. Oh, um, oh God, I was a teenager. Uh, Lightning Crashes. Yeah, there you go. Sheesh. Bruce Springsteen wrote this song featuring a motorcycle ride. Clue? Um, it's a kind of road. Highway? Mm. Oh, shit. Oh, Thunder Road! Thunder <laughs> yeah. Road. Is everybody at home screaming at me? Probably. Okay. Uh, this is an ACDC song. Oh, my God. Thunderbolts and lightning. Very, very frightening. Thunderstruck. 
Oh, Thunderstrike, Thunderstrike. I know that song. Okay, next. Next. These traditional Irish musicians are frequently featured on public television. In America, then no. I pass. Tell me the answer. Celtic Thunder. Oh. It's Ireland's finest folk. There you go. And finally, this friend of Flying Lotus shares a name with an 80s cartoon. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. You win the lightning round. You made it super easy, although yes. I got two wrong. <laughs> you made it easy. You continue your hot streak of quiz domination. But, okay, let us not be delayed. Let's just get into it. This is me and Paul. Enjoy! Music is probably my favorite thing in the world, um, just probably because I do acting as a living, so it's a job, you know? Music right now is still like a child. Like, I pick up a guitar, I'm a child. I, you right. Know, I go to, you know, I go to a concert, right. I just, like, fan out. Yes. So you're not so jaded. Yeah, with music, no, there's no jadedness at all. It's just, it's it's Christmas morning, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's child, childlike wonder. It, it's great. I want to get to chatting about the new show that you're in soundtrack uh, was that yes. ever named mixtape at a stage yes it was That's yeah it was so mixtape until like yes. yeah netflix has another ya movie or something like that called mixtape because of the algorithm you know you yes. can't have you can't have two technology uh, wait so i think you filmed or maybe it wasn't your scenes but it was portion of the show I live in Chicago now, and a portion of it was filming like across the road from my apartment. Where? Yeah, we we filmed pretty much everything in Chicago except for like week we filmed in LA. Oh god, that is so funny! Because I was saying to my husband the other day, I was like, "That trailer said mixtape, but this sounds yeah. familiar." <laughs> oh, sorry. What? Okay, but how was it filming in Chicago? Does that normally happen? We, just because it's much more affordable. No. No, it's no. more affordable, but it's really difficult to film a show that takes place in LA and Chicago. Yeah, in the winter. <laughs> there are, there's a lot of, uh, there, it was not, it was not easy to do it. And I credit our location people and the directors for, for pulling it all off. So how many months did you film the show in total? Uh, about, about four, I believe. Yeah. 10 episodes, four months. Yeah. So when you film in different locations, do you ever get the chance to kind of immerse yourself in the music or theater scene of that place? There wasn't a lot of time, you know, uh, especially for me. I was working quite a bit. So I went to see Jungle um, at a really cool theater. Ah. Metro? Is that a theater? Yes, Is that Metro. Right? Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, and I'm a huge Jungle fan. And then... Is that the only concert I saw? I know a couple people saw Lizzo on the tour. Uh, um, yeah. Think of where people, and I remember the Rolling Stones were there, and I was gonna get a ticket, but I didn't. But I ended up getting a ticket in New Jersey, so I finally saw them. Oh, great! Some people saw some theater. I, I was really bummed because I didn't. I had tickets to go to Steppenwolf, and then I didn't. I got sick that night, and I wasn't able to go. Oh no! I did see a couple plays out there because it's got such a good theater scene. It does. But honestly, yeah. I mean. I know it's got such a rich theater and music scene. I did go to a, I did go to like a party, <laughs> and I met two members of the band Whitney, and I almost like lost my mind. Oh wow! I was like, oh, I'm such a big fan of you guys. Like, I can't believe this is really you. You know, um, but on the whole, it was like, yeah, we were just working, you know. And then our shows are, it's not strange, but every episode focuses on two different people. Yes. So for the most part. There would be some downtime for some of the actors, and they they were able, most people were able to fly home. Uh, but I was pretty much there the entire time. So talk to me a little bit about the show. I I watched um, a few of the episodes that I was given because obviously it's not out until this episode airs on the 18th. So I love the opening line of the show where you say every song is a love song. I think that that's really, it's universal, of course, to mention how we can find love in songs, uh, irrespective right. of what they mean. So do you have your own favorite love song or what's your kind of philosophy of the ideal love song? Can anything really be a love song? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think when you really feel that is like if you've ever you know, had a breakup, you know, 
like you've ever been really in love and have a breakup and then every song on the radio like literally every song feels like it's about you you know that's such a not a unique experience i think that's universal but until that happens you don't really feel that there's definitely some people writing songs where you're like i have no idea what that song is about but um but it's still great. There's great love songs. So, I mean, I, I like, I grew up, my, my mom listened to a lot of Motown, you know, and stuff like that. And the Supreme Smokey Robinson, Tracks of My Tears, I think is one of uh, my mom's favorite songs. And my my first concert was No Doubt. So like, don't speak. What? That, song was that was your first you know? concert? My God, yes. And, Dude, and it's funny. I love, no, I was like, no doubt was my everything. Wait, when were you born? Oh my God. How old? Because maybe born, the, the same age. I was born in 81. Okay. Right. So yeah. I was born in 81. So my first concert was middle school with my friends, no doubt. Oh. And I just went to see Block Party, right, ah, this weekend. What? And they have, they have another Block one Party. of the best love songs ever, this modern love, like uh, fucking amazing song. Yeah. But as I'm walking in, Tony Canal is right there, the bass player. And I <laughs> shake his hand and I was like, oh, dude, like, I'm so excited. to!" And I had met him years ago before. Yeah. He was so kind and nice. But it was like, that was pretty cool. Wait, um, so you just dropped like Block Party. Okay, Block Party is also one of my favorite bands of all time. Kelly so is good. also just a phenomenal musician he's, in his own right. He's wonderful. Um, he's got that he, when he did like his solo work he had that video um for everything you wanted or everything you want i can't remember the single name and he's like walking facing the camera like walking down a road a street and he's just like uh -huh. feeling everything i don't know i can't remember i must i'll probably just have to google it now but it's just so powerful and it reminds me of that massive attack unfinished sympathy video i don't know if you've ever seen that oh yeah that's great that's, that's a great one such a great song and video and he just was able to just embody like the entire spirit of a band within himself although the band was amazing he is just something else he's just yeah, he's oh, he's, he's so phenomenal. He's also got very jacked, which I didn't realize. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my friends were like, "When did Keely become a bodybuilder?" Yeah. Another one of my favorite love songs is definitely "Maps" by Yeah Yeah Yeah. I like those yeah. sad love songs. You know what I mean? Um, so funny. That's just like the perfect little song. I walked down the aisle to Maps' uh, version of that song. Uh, <laughs> my god that's so Wait, great have we spoken before that's funny yeah it is a great know, right? it's a great love song especially karen o is uh everything she writes is always like tinged in love so it's always like no. kind of bitter love that you don't know if it's starting or if it's the end which i, I ending love. right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was your first concert, um, no doubt. Yeah. What do you remember yeah. feeling when you were watching it? Other than obviously, did you did you feel in tune with the performance aspect of it, but mostly just the crowd? I think when I was a kid, I was obsessed with three bands. You know, the first one was TLC. <laughs> yes. And uh, then it was No Doubt, and then it was Radiohead, which I'm and No Doubt Radiohead. I'm still huge fans of. But I remember being at that No Doubt concert, and it was like. You know, you're, it was kind of, it was freedom. You know, we were pretty far away from where we grew up. Cause we were, I grew up in Maryland. We were in like Northern Virginia. And uh, my friend's sister, who was in high school, high school, we were middle school. She took us to the concert and it was great. I remember they played um, Life Goes On, the uh, by the Beatles, uh, like the closing number. And the, all, all these people like got on stage from the front row. And there was like this big dance party. It was awesome. That album was awesome. It was just like, one of the I just remember it so vividly. So when did you decide then to go? Because obviously, love for music, music and and uh, I suppose art are very you know closely linked. But because music is as visual as a performer on stage, I think. But when did you decide then to start acting? I remember getting my first play in middle school, and it was one of those things where you you get good recognition from it, and you're like, oh, this is something that I'm good at. You know, I wasn't really. I think I played soccer for like 10 years, but I wasn't good at it, you know? And um, this was like the first time I, I, I was like, oh man, I, I can do this. Also, my parents were, um, my mom wanted to be an actress, but her mother wouldn't let her. My father was a, a painter when he was younger. And he became like, uh, was in art education and then was in a band in college. So then he was a musician. Ah. And then growing up, he was a photographer. So like... At an early age, my parents were like, you know, you can do whatever you want to do. My sister currently is a novelist. 
she's got a book that just came out. Uh, her second Ooh. book just came out. Yeah, so she's what is it called? It. The first book is called uh, A Song of Blood and Stone. And the second book is called Whispers of Shadow and Flame. It's uh, she's a fantasy writer. She does like fantasy, or um, sometimes it's romance, sometimes it's uh, I can't think of what are the other titles. But Time Magazine had her listed as like had her book last year as one of the top ten fantasy books of the year. So she's really good. Oh wow! We're a real artistic family. So I think for me, acting like I knew by by tenth or eleventh by eleventh grade, I knew I was going to be an actor because I was already like not I was already like. Well, I don't need to take math. I don't need to take physics. Like, I know I'm going to be an actor, so I'm just going to sort of focus on that. So I was pretty driven, uh, you know, as, as a kid. So how did that then translate into you actually going for it and auditioning? Do you remember the first part that you got? And do you remember how, how that felt? I mean, it's a, it's a tricky thing to describe. Yeah, I, I just I did all the plays in, in high school. I did the musicals, too. I mean, the first play I remember doing was uh, Dracula, and I did like a terrible British accent in it. In, in, <laughs> in, oh in, in, in seventh grade, I was like, do what you call Miss Cassidy, you know? <laughs> and it was like really bad, but it was like, it, 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 was, it was still awesome. We did comedies, we did um, Noises Off in high school, which was really cool. And all the musicals, we traveled to England. We had like an exchange program with this English theater. And so they came and did Midsummer Night's Dream, and we went to England and did Guys and Dolls. I was always like kind of a comedic actor um, in high school. And I remember uh, the Folger Theater, I believe that's what it is, the Shakespeare Theater in Washington, D.C. has this Shakespeare competition. And we, two people from like all the schools would, would audition and they would do like a sonnet and a Shakespeare monologue. And I had never done any Shakespeare, really, you know, was too into it. And I did it and I got pretty far. And I think I finished like third in the whole D.C. area. You know, had it and like never wow. done it. So that that was kind of the first time when I was like, I think I can do this. Right. And then I got I actually got a full ride scholarship to go to Towson University, um, based off of some some audition that I did at uh, maybe like at a theater festival. I didn't end up going, but that was when I was like the, the, the guy, I think his name was like Ralph Blasting. I don't know why I remember that. And he was a really cool he was the head of the department and he was really complimentary. And that's what I, I think to be a musician or to be an artist there's these times in your life where you just need a little bit of reassurance. You know what I mean? And some people are like me are lucky enough to have very supportive parents, but some people it's a music teacher, it's a drama teacher, it's a, a friend, you know, cause it's, it's such a hard, wild, crazy thing to go into and wrap your head around how you could make a living, you know, how you could be one of the people that gets to do it, that it really does take, you know, those little moments where, where people say, hey, you're good at this. You should continue to do it. What kept you interested in performance and continuing to be an actor? Yeah, I think for a long time, there's just like a drive. I mean, I think, unfortunately, <laughs> the reason that a lot of people become actors is because they're trying to fill something, you know, that's probably empty. And then hopefully, the longer you do it, you realize, well, that hole's really only ever going to get filled with like therapy and you working your own shit out. And it's like, like yes. nothing is going to, to change it. So, you, you know, it, it, so it, it morphs into different things, you know? Um, and I think as an actor, you're, you're just so driven to, to do it. And I, it's, I don't, I think people, a lot of people don't know why, but now not older age, but just a little bit older, I'm definitely not driven in the same way. You know, it's definitely, a job to me and a wonderful job that I'm lucky and I've been lucky to work on wonderful projects but um it's not that same sitting in your bedroom you know dreaming of the future type thing you know I, and as far as the projects I choose I mean it's pretty much just what anyone I just think a lot of things that when when people you know, I, I'm not really in a position where I'm choosing projects. I mean, there are certain things I don't audition for that just aren't to my taste. And I think the older I get, the more I'm sort of doing that because, you know, you realize you only have so much time on this on, on this planet. So you don't really want to spend it doing something you don't want to do if you don't have to. Of course, um, of course. You know, and, and I don't have kids right now. So it's like I don't have to necessarily take jobs that I don't want to at this stage. But yeah, I, I, think, it, I think there's also just a drive to create. I mean... You know, that's why I think that's why I like playing music so much. I, I, I can create it. You know, I, I, I used to do lots of art projects as a child. I have more in my head that I want to do. I was into woodworking for a couple of years. You know, yeah. I think I think there's just 
a drive as an artist to just create things. I think some people are built that way, you know, and, and I think people that are built that way don't do well when they're not creating. That's the issue. I think that's where the challenge comes when you are kind of in the stasis or this like stagnant time in your life, which is again, why, like you said, everybody should just be in therapy, but it is hard to draw the, it's hard to draw the line between like, do you want it because you don't have it versus like, can you not live without it? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I also think like for me, especially, you know, I think for me acting and acting and music are both way of, of like pouring your emotions into something. Just like take it, you know, an actor pulls from their life. Pause, Pause the, the podcast. podcast. It's time to step away from the conversation with Paul ever so briefly to share a little something we like to call the live Live show show of of the the week. We are so excited to be back with yet another amazing concert to gift all of you lovely listeners. Each week we highlight one of the most heart-thumping events we could find out there and share it with you, our pod people. So if you have no idea what to do this week... Just look no further, hear no further, hear no more. This week, we are highlighting a set of two performances from the one and only Ariana Grande at the Forum in Los Angeles on Saturday and Sunday, December 21st and 22nd. And if you want to get in on the excitement of those shows or any other shows, you can always head over to StubHub via cosradio.lv slash StubHub and find the best selection of tickets to the hottest shows. That's cosradio.lv slash StubHub. S-T-U-B-H-U-B. And while we're talking about important things to do while you're on the internet, we always need to remind you to go to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you're listening to podcasts right this moment, and subscribe. But rate. don't don't leave us yet. Do it afterwards. Do it after the show. Yeah, subscribe, we'll... rate, and review, and make it five stars while you're at it. Throw, Why don't you? Throw, throw us your stars. Throw, throw them at us. <laughs> right back to it. This is me and the wonderful Paul James. Enjoy. Being able to just pour myself into a role can be very therapeutic, or, or being able to write a song about something that you just don't know how to express and it's driving you crazy. So you put it into a song and you turn it into something beautiful uh, or, or something ugly, you know, but you're turning it into something. I mean, that to me is, um, and now I feel if I haven't played guitar in a while, and like I said, I'm not good. I don't play for anyone. I just play for myself. But if I haven't done that in a while, I can feel the restlessness in me, you know? I, I can feel the need to sort of need to do that. So I can only imagine that people that are, are really amazing musicians, it's just, it's, 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 it's what you know, it's, it's like breathing. Right, it's a constant thing. I know, because there's always that question, I think the, the mystery and romantic side of playing music, and I suppose acting if you're not in either, is where does it come from? People are always so kind of focused on the core of where it starts because they hope to maybe grasp that feeling one day you need to be observant of your surroundings I think the same with music I think the best people that I've ever spoken to the biggest artists that I've ever chatted to they are so well read and so you know they have such a vast knowledge of music and I think that that's also something that can really play into why somebody does what they do. Yeah, absolutely. The studying, like for me, for acting, like I study human behavior. And even when I when I meet new people, my sort of brain, the way it thinks is like, all right, what 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 drives them? What What's their, what's the, you know, what do they want in life? You know, if I don't understand someone or if I don't like someone, you know, I'm always thinking of an actor, if I had to play them. You know, what do I want? Why, why don't I like them? What am I bumping up against? I, you know, I'm searching for understanding when I meet people a lot of the time. I feel music is the same. You really want to watch somebody on stage that you can relate to. And Absolutely. or someone who like is completely far away from anything you'd ever be that it's just a show. Like, a, you know, like a Lady Gaga or Madonna right. or a, right. you know. Madonna. I mean, look, Madonna, I think Madonna, I have so much respect for her. Yeah, what Madonna has done. Oh, I think she's actually playing tonight. I think tonight's the last show in LA. You should go. Huh. She's doing this like I don't know if you. I know her Instagram. She's doing, she's doing small. Doing... <laughs> yeah, yeah, she's, she's playing doing... in small venues. Yes, she's doing this these small things, and then she's also like inviting weird 
like friends of hers. So there was like Katy Perry, and then she does this weird thing on Instagram. I don't know um, if you follow her or anything. She'll like go and sit down next to them and have a conversation and like drink their beer. It's a very oh, wow. bizarre. Okay. It's very weird. Very <laughs> she had Diplo on yesterday, which I thought was really oh, funny. Oh, cool. I know that there's that difference between watching somebody that you can relate to. Then how do you as an actor, especially coming from like, I remember watching Greek all those years ago. That was the, oh, yes. the, the most amazing show. I mean, it was great. Were, it was. You were great in it. But then Thank how you. do you then relate to your characters, even if they are far from what you are? Because obviously you played a certain person on Greek, an openly gay man. You uh, played now on soundtrack, a man who's lost his wife, terribly an awful, tragic story. And then you've got your son that you're taking care of and, you know, doing everything for him. How do you relate to that prior to the role? How do you make sure that you are doing it as authentically as possible? It's a really good question. And I don't have a great answer for it, to be honest. It's one of those things that when you get a role, you just sort of you just sort of read and dive in and you just find the things that you connect with. In Soundtrack, my character, Sam, is stuck. He's stuck because he's had loss in his life and trauma. And he's trying the best he can. Instantly, I read it in... I've had lots of loss in my life and I'm just, you know, it was just, it was easy for me to connect. I'm not a father, but I love kids and I have lots of friends that have kids. So I was like, am I going to be able to pull this off? But, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to play with, uh, well, the, the guy, Heath on Greek, the other, the guy who played my boyfriend for most of the show, I'm going to see his kids. He just had another baby, right? So I'm going to go over his house and, pit and his wife and hang out with their kids today. And, and it's like, that, that's just something that, come, I mean, kids, are, I, I think kids are the best, you know, because they're just, they're so alive. All you have to do is look at them and you'll be filled with a thousand emotions. As far as the inner life, you just sort of connect with someone's inner life. Sometimes it's the outer stuff that can be much harder to, to do. You know, if you've got to do accents or if you're playing a real character and you're trying to actually embody them. Right, but from, okay. So yeah, that, the physicality that, of it. Okay. That to me is like, that, that. I'm more intimidated by that by that stuff understanding the inner idea and the emotional landscape of a role especially if you're playing a father widow i think that that's maybe something that's much more what you're you know it's much more in tune of what you're meant to do well it's just how i like to attack it it's i, I it's how I, at this moment in my life i feel more, most comfortable for me i have a pretty rich emotional life you know so that's like my my strength um so i i, I like and I feel like I like playing the emotionally charged characters. Um, it's also a good way to get it out from inside of me. You know what I mean? So, uh, That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So in that respect, like it was very, you know, this role was great um, to, for me to do because I got to, I got to do that on the base. And, and for the whole show, Sam just kind of goes through hell. I mean, it's a really, it's a tough, it's a tough show for him. It's a tough time. Yeah. To I love that scene of when you, I mean, I hated it, but I love the scene of you getting fired and then you singing Smile and then you like yeah. knocking the hell out of his office and doing that with some sort of club of sorts. And I feel like we've all wanted to maybe experience that at one time or another for people listening who are only just starting to watch the show. There's two characters per episode and then you get to see the other side of them, which is kind of the psych psyche when they are lip syncing to whatever music fits that moment. Is that yeah. a description of it? Well, yeah, I, I, they change. So sometimes it's in your head, like that number, the smile number in the, in the pilot where the, you know, the music number is, is all in my mind, but sometimes it's not because in the, in the mashup at the end, when I have the Imagine Dragon song and then mm -hmm. the actress, the wonderful, wonderful Kelly Hernandez is singing the Demi Lovato one. We are actually like, that's actually happening. You know, so the words that we're saying in the song, we're actually, you know, saying to the other person. So sometimes the songs actually do get you from A to B, like more of a traditional musical. And sometimes they're in your head. Sometimes you're dreaming them. Um, like at the beginning of episode three, uh, we're, I've got the song Deep in a Dream with Chet Baker. And um, yeah, so they're, they're all different kinds of things. I mean, the musical numbers itself are... I mean, music is such a great, uh, it's such a great tool to feel emotion, you know, that you Absolutely. kind of, 
you know, you don't have to do that much work when you're hearing the song that gets you where you need to be. But um, those those things are fun to do. They're also tricky. It's like a music video. We're shooting these music videos in very little time, you know. So you, we really got to we, we got to hit the ground running when we're in them. But they're not. I don't think those are necessarily the hard moments. I don't think if I'm thinking about them. Those are all pretty. All the musical numbers were pretty easy to connect to the emotion. So do, did you have a favorite song that you performed in 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 the show? Uh, I I don't really. I didn't really have a favorite song that I performed. But I liked them all. I enjoyed them all for different reasons. It's like my children. I love them all the same. Uh, yes. No, that's not true. I think it's easier for me to really like some of the stuff that I don't do. You know what I mean? Because I didn't. In order to lip sync it, we listened to the songs like a crazy amount of times to be able to to do it properly. And so you're sort of. Can you, I can just be critical looking at what you're doing. You're like, oh, I wish I was opening my lips a little bit smaller and that number, you know what I mean? It's easy to be critical. So I'm really able to look at some of the other people. Campbell Scott is fantastic, has a great Steely Dan number, which to Reeling in the Years, which I love that song. It's it's a guitar solo. It's one of the best guitar solos ever. Um, Madeline Stowe, who's also wonderful in this show. She's got, she sings uh, both sides now, but there's a melody. So it's three versions. I think that one that ends, is um Joni Mitchell and it's it's like heartbreaking and um uh and I know Marianne Jean Baptiste has a really she's got a lot of great stuff but she's got this one Lauren Hill uh, uh song that's that's wonderful too so the cool thing about our show is it's there's really music from all genres that are that are in it the first episode is it kind of is a bit poppy and contemporary but then it starts to really travel and go to different places the songs all come out of Josh Safran the creator his brain so he which is actually amazing when you sit and think about it because he wrote, you know, he wrote the scripts. I mean, there was a writer's room. We have wonderful writers, but him and, and Beth uh, Schechter, the uh, other EP, you know, were, were in charge of it all. And then he comes up with these ideas just out of his head and they're in his head, five songs, an episode almost. So it's really wonderful. I mean, it, he's kind of a mad genius that way, but he also knows exactly what he wants to do. Actually, that's not true. The last, I will say this, the last, the last episode was a really good matchup. And when we have the mashups, we're taking two songs, most of the time from different artists, and we were combining them, kind of creating a new song. So you have to get the artist to, to say that that's okay, which can be very challenging. But you also yes. have to find songs that have like the BPM matches up so that they're able to be mashed up. So we were doing this thing where he was, he gave me, he, he was talking about the, the plot points that we need to hit for this mashup. And we need two songs from the same artist. And I went home and listened to so much music, looking at the BPM. <laughs> We're trying to get David Bowie to work. We couldn't find a David Bowie. We couldn't find two yeah. David Bowie songs that matched up. Then I was like, what about Blur? I'm a huge Blur fan. And then I think I had mentioned Talking Heads to him. And so I think he Amazing. says that I gave him the idea. So they, there's a great mashup of Talking Heads at the end. And I'm a huge Talking Heads fan. So I think maybe that's it. It is uh, Psycho Killer, and oh, the, the song that I always get the title on, but it's like, you may ask yourself, let the days go by, let the water, yes. what's the fucking life? So it's oh those two. Oh, my God, and it, amazing. And it's done, it's this huge number done in one take with all these dancers and a whole bunch of cast, and it's it's insane. That was cool. And the other, the only other song I got to was the Smile, the Nat King Cole song, because um, there was another actor originally cast in the role, and so... When I got cast, I was like, I just want to have a song in the in the pilot that's sung by a black uh, by a black artist, so that you know, so that black people will know this show is for them too as well. You know, yeah. As the show goes on, there's so many wonderful black singers that were that were that we're pulling from, but in the pilot there wasn't, and I just wanted to make sure that we uh, that we had that. And Josh is he was great about that and he got the Nat King Cole song which was wonderful and of course you get to perform that which I think is really meaningful not only to set the tone of your character but also to to make sure that you're representing as well which I think is crucial yeah because yeah. you have to think about that you have to think about that it's not it's not that you have the responsibility on your shoulders but if you can get a chance to do that why not you know, exactly. yeah, yeah. And I will say, I mean, jo uh, Josh is, is so committed to representation. I mean, it, it, it's kind of amazing, but there's only one white man on our show, which is Campbell, who's fantastic, yes. you know, and the writer's room was very diverse as well. We had um, uh, there was some African-American writers. Uh, there was an Asian writer. We had LGBTQ writers. So it was it, it was um, 
and he's doing Gossip Girl right now. He's rebooting Gossip Girl and putting Amazing. all those people on the show. It's going to be queer and full of color. Yes. And Josh deserves so much credit for that. And his last show, he had a lot of diversity too, Quantico. So that's really awesome. And, and, and that means a lot to me. But it's not like tokenizing the movement uh, of, of having, you know, a lot of diversity. It's more like if you're going to be doing a show that is set now you know in our current society there is no way you could just have a cast of white people you know i mean there are there are some shows that still do that sure (laughs) sure but that's their their thing (laughs) that's their their, um uh burden but i think that it's definitely especially when you are singing songs written by you know women and or people of color there's no way that you can glance over who is going to best represent that even if you're not singing you know you aren't singing the songs you're lip syncing you still the physicality has to come through in your performance yeah i mean and it's not the only thing you know what i mean like i my favorite bands are are rock music definitely my, my favorite even though i love hip-hop and r&b and some old country and all kinds of things like if i could sing me and marianne jean baptiste actually Right. So she's black as well. We were fighting over whether Josh will let which one of us sing a Radiohead song if we are lucky enough to get a season two, because we both want one. You know what I mean? So we're definitely not limited, but it is just nice to be able to pull from all different, uh, all different. I know. I was just thinking now. Um, oh, well, firstly, the point that you said that um, Psycho Killer and Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads is mashed up is insane. Uh, obviously, I don't know if you've ever if you've seen David Byrne on on his show in the last year or two. Um, with no, the new but album. I know I'm dying to. It's in New York. I'm gonna go try to see it when I go back in because he's playing on Broadway right now. Yes. So it is one of the best I've seen. He was on the show. He was on my podcast. I saw, he, he was on your podcast few... with this with the choreographer, right? I yes. saw that when I was scrolling yes. down. Yes, Annie B. Uh, when he was in Chicago, it was kind of the first few runs of the show. We we had driven up to Milwaukee to watch it again because that's how good it was. And I landed from covering a festival in Spain and went straight from the airport because David Byrne waits for nobody. Pause the podcast. Pause the podcast. It's that time of year to start thinking about making a list and checking it twice. A list of live event tickets, that is. And whether it's a sold-out basketball game or your favorite band stadium tour, there's no better way to celebrate the season than grabbing tickets on StubHub for you and your family and your friends. Need gifts for your sister who loves metal, your coworker who's a hockey mega fan, and your Broadway-addicted dad? StubHub is your one-stop shop for gifts that will thrill everyone on your list. Better yet, grab an extra ticket for yourself and share some quality time with friends and loved ones over the holidays. StubHub allows you to get more live than anywhere else. With the widest range of events and over 10 million tickets worldwide, StubHub also has the best selection of tickets. Sometimes you want front row, sometimes you want balcony. Mm. Whatever the case, StubHub will help you find what you're looking for. So, head to StubHub.com, S-T-U-B-H-U-B.com, or their user-friendly app today to find the best selection of tickets to any event. StubHub. Be there. Did you go to Primavera? Yes, I did. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I went to Primavera a few years ago for my birthday with like 12 friends and I had the best Oh, amazing. Time. Do you know which year yeah. you were there? It was the uh, Radiohead. The Radiohead. Came in Paula Beach House, of course. I follow Radiohead. Oh, my God. That was, what, 2016? Or 2015? No, I think it was 16 because I had finished the first season of The Path and it just started the second one. So I think it was 16, 17, That is, like, one of my favorite um, festivals of all time. Oh, it's one one of the best. It's, like... Hands down. Yeah. It's amazing. That's, it, it's really, and it's also, it's weird that it seems kind of like nobody knows about it, but it is the one of the biggest in the world other than Glass Oh, yeah. It's one of the, yeah, it is. And it, the cool thing is, too, because it's in Spain, you get a lot of local music, too, if you're, if you're oh, paying attention. Oh, yeah. So you get a lot of no. cool Spanish fans. I don't know if you know Moses Samni. I um, saw him last night. I saw him last ah! night at sushi place. We were eating at the same sushi place. <laughs> Did you say hello? Oh my god! He, I didn't. A... I chickened out. Oh, I was gonna say something dude, to him, and then I was like, "No, I, I, I know, and I love his new album. I mean, his new I song. I, I, 
I know, and I've got blonde hair at the moment, and he's got some blonde hair too. As should Tony <laughs> Canal. I was like, I should have taken pictures with all these guys, you know. You should have. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't go up to him because he just like it just intimidates me too much. But I watched him when I uh, also 2015, 2016 at Primavera, and I remember standing at that stage. It was the one right at the bottom, right by the sea, and this right, breeze right. was like coming through, and I was just thinking in my head like. How do we watch music in gross, stuffy, you know, some of those venues are great, but standing by the sea in the middle of Barcelona, you know, there's, <laughs> you can't, there's, I know. you can't get any can't better. No, you can't beat it. But, oh, we were talking about, I saw the other day, you were talking about loving rock music and I saw on your Instagram, um, you've got like pinned a story of your favorite songs of 2018. Um, oh yeah, which was yeah. kind of because you know to get it to get to know somebody, it's actually a really good way to figure out what kind of music they like. Right. So it's a nice little telltale sign. You had uh, Young Fathers as one of your. Oh, I love Young Fathers. Yes, I love Young Fathers. I mean, that's I had Ali from Young Fathers on the show. Have you seen them live before? No, because I had tickets with a bunch of friends in New York to see them live. And then I had to, the problem with living by coastal is that you miss a lot of concerts because like, yes. oh, someone will be in New York and you'll be in LA. And so yes. that's what happened with that one. I wasn't able to see them. And it keeps happening a lot, which is getting annoying. But no, I love Young Fathers. Young Fathers and David Byrne. Those are two big ones on your list right now, I think. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> so know. Talk to a, me big one. a little bit about the choreography, because obviously I know you said that you just commit to the song at the time, but how much prep was required there? Like, do you consider yourself a dancer? How much experience did you have in that realm? You know, I do not consider myself a dancer. I danced in college. Like, I did a bunch of musicals in college and, 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 you know, took some classes. You know what I mean? So I know my way around it a little bit. But it was, it added a whole other element, you know? It's, uh, it definitely wasn't easy to do. We have a wonderful choreographer named James Alsop who did some work for Beyonce and um, she brought in all these amazing dancers that became part of the family as well. So we have this cast of eight and then we have this extended family that would, that would come in for the, for the big numbers. And uh, it, I thought it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to do more of it. Jenna, Jenna Dewan is who's just is like, there's not enough good adjectives to describe her, but she, <laughs> she, she gets all the big dance numbers because she comes from that background. And I'm not sure that Josh knew exactly how the rest of us could move, you know? And so um, he definitely put it to the test. We've got some cool, we've got some cool things, but I didn't have like, I don't have like the big dance numbers or, or, or so much. And then me and Callie have a, a bit of a duet uh, uh, in the beginning of three. And then me and Jenna have a nice number in, in 10. But besides that, I think she's doing a lot of the heavy lifting on, on that. But um, it was fun. It's just, you know, that the, the dancers brought so much energy to us because dancers are loose and they're always moving like it's the same thing like dancers can't not move like even when it's like we're in breaks or whatever they're it's it's amazing to watch them they're just always moving and and uh i think that really that brought this energy that we needed because we were under the gun we had a lot of, of, of material to cover and 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 chicago was cold <laughs> so when the dancers came <laughs> in it would bring a, a Right, it would bring this. It was a tough winter this year too. It was like these blizzards oh in, in, in May. What did you learn from that experience of of having choreography, you know, extending to getting a storyline that maybe was you know quite difficult to have, but also you know meaty to get into? What what were the things that you learned from the role? When I got the script, I was like, oh wow, I really feel like I was born to play this role, you know. Um, just because I, because music is my favorite thing, you know, and I play a songwriter and, you know, I play a little music on the side, you know, it's like, that's really cool. I got to dance a little bit, which I like to do. And I, I'm not a great singer. So to be able to be in a musical, which, and I love musicals, so to be in a musical where I don't actually have to sing, although I sing one song in the show, <laughs> um, and that's actually my voice was just like, it couldn't have been better, I think. So, but I, I learned a lot from my other castmates from working with them, you know? Um, I learned a lot from, from Josh and for the, the creator of the show. Um, you know, he, he pushed me and we really were able to grow and, 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 and create something pretty beautiful. And he took a chance on me and I thank him for that deeply. Um, it's definitely made me a better actor. You know, there's some technical things that I definitely like learned about how, how to act 
be better, you know, how to act better on, how to be better on set, you know? Um, uh, I, 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 there's definitely something to be said for every artist has their own like process, you know? So it's really interesting to observe other people's processes. And then you can sort of take some of that on and be like, oh, I'm going to sure. steal some of that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use some of that. You know, um, especially having scenes, having so many scenes with Cali Hernandez, who hasn't been acting that long, but is just about as good as it gets. You know, it, it was like I was forced to step up my game, you know, because I'm reading with her and I'm like, well, she like she's going to run away if you don't if you don't keep up with her. Yes. She's going to run away, you know, so you better, <laughs> you, you, better, better you better keep yeah. up. You know, you better be present. You better be open. You better be free. And also I hadn't I mean, I hadn't danced since college, so it was cool to be able to sort of kind of jump back into that and be like oh i can still I can still right. move a little bit right rediscover that yeah do, are you yeah. like a big are you a big karaoke person like do you go to no. do, do karaoke no i'm not i, I feel really, like I'm, americans I'm, are so into karaoke i've never ex- <laughs> so you don't have like a go-to song i do i have a couple go-to songs i mean i i i I have a couple go-to songs that I've tried to sing for a while, you know? I feel like, I remember one time I was like working on this Arctic Monkey song um, that I was like, I'm going to master it. And I did it. And I was like, all right, I'm never going to do that one again. That's cool. <laughs> um, you know? Because it's but, uh, chords, yeah. <laughs> there, there's, a, there, there's a little Wayne song that I'm dying to do called Let the Beat Build, but no one's ever had it. But it's this crazy, like intense, hard to rap song that i'm obsessed with and i'd love to do one day and you know all the uh, words i know all the words to it yeah i've been working give me, on it for give years. me two give me two lines two lines i mean it <laughs> starts lines. out it's like straight out the block wait hold on eagle street to be specific i peeping at you people different i pay my dues you keep the difference i can see the end and the beginning because I'm not racing, I'm just sprinting. <laughs> I started, that's I'm amazing. I'm so excited about it. It's so great. <laughs> it's such a great song. No, I, I mean, yeah, it would be fun to do karaoke with everyone. Everyone's so talented. I'm, I feel like everyone's on our show is kind of a musician or in some way. Yeah, but you do have Christina Millian. She's on the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Christina yeah. Millian's on the show. She's she's hella talented. Um, yeah. She's also wonderful. Uh, yeah, and she does some amazing work in this show. I mean, she really, her and uh, Jamil French. Seeing as though you love music, is there a favorite show that you've ever seen that you have? The the performance that you watched that yeah. just made you feel like, I want to be part of the scene. I want to always be in the in the crowd. I want to make music. I want to perform. What, what kind of inspired you? Oh, man. There's a, I mean, there's a, there's a few. You know, okay. uh, I, I saw a Radiohead show at the Fonda, which is a really small theater after that, the hurricane in Haiti. Oh, wow. um, that was like really small. It was the only time I've seen them in a small venue. And that was kind of uh, amazing and inspiring. I remember seeing Fleetwood Mac when Christine McVie came back before they kicked out Lindsay Buckingham. So it was like wow. a small sliver of time downtown that was like, just the great like you know the greatest thing ever yeah um i've seen um you know i remember seeing a bright eyes concert a long time ago and went back when you know that really hit me in the soul because his lyrics were really cool uh, you know some sometimes you just want to go and dance and so you know like glass animals is another one of my favorites and they put on a show where everyone's just jumping up and down yeah. hyped up yeah there's i i see a lot of shows i really do i go to a lot of concerts um, and I feel like every time I go, I'm like, oh man, this, I'm so glad to be around here. And, and then I think one of the other really good ones is I, I, I live quite, kind of near the Hollywood Bowl and I moved around here in 2010 and they had sleigh bells, LCD sound system and hot ship at the Hollywood ah, Bowl. And I had wow. 20 friends, I had 20 friends come over. We all had tickets in different places. We pre put, we, you know, we, we had drinks here. We went over, danced to that, came back had a party i mean it was like that was one of the greatest shows kind of of all time really yeah um, i can only imagine a uh, hot chip is one of my favorite bands of all time uh, alexis is like the sweetest human being in the uh, world the harmonies the harmonies you know? <laughs> they do 
you know, oh man, hardship is is magical. Yeah, and LCD, of course, they like, a, you know, they this this band that I suppose a lot of us, I, I don't know, I like mourned when they said that they weren't ever going to be around. But that collective, right. you know, Nancy and and the rest of them, they, they they're so talented. It's just um, Slave Bells on that tour too. I've seen them oh a bunch God. of. I, I love yeah. that band because just that 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 sound, that guitar sound you know is I, I just love them too so uh that was pretty great and then when i saw the rolling stones in i've never paid more money for a concert in my life and but <laughs> sure. just to see them and to, i got good seats and i went by myself and to see mick jagger who was like a month and a half two months removed from having like a heart surgery hasn't lost a step every song is a hit you can't believe they wrote all these great songs like that was pretty I was pretty cool too. I like I, the other one I have is on my list besides David Byrne and Young Fathers is Bruce Springsteen because I grew up in New Jersey a little bit uh, and I'm a yeah. huge Bruce Springsteen fan. I've never seen him, so oh that's god, one that I, you, I know. Wow, Bruce is just the the hearty. He's like the hearty stew, you know. He's just like right, it's right. So, but he also is unbelievably charismatic during each song. So there's some artists like. Bob Dylan, you know, he'll play and then yeah. the lights will dim and then he'll right. play the next song. Like Neil Young yeah. will also won't even just take he won't even take a breath. Um and he'll just continue to play so he can just get off the stage. And then you know, I suppose somebody like Bruce still has that banter, which I like. I yeah, like it when the when the artist like acknowledges us, you know? That's always a good it's always Yeah, a good I moment. like it. There's a there's a fine line. Sometimes they get a little too chatty, and it's like, all right, all right, yeah. the <laughs> play the you know song. I, mean? play uh, the I don't need the comedy routine. <laughs> but um, but no, I'm you know. Do you have a favorite a favorite album from the year so far? Oh well, we nearly finished with the year. But oh, do you have a favorite album um, from this year? I love the I love the Vampire Weekend album, and I and I wasn't ever a huge Vampire Weekend fan, but the last two oh, um, the last two albums I kind of got on, and I I think they're really great i know i have another one with fontaine's dc that's it i love that oh album. great I love yeah that's a fucking that great is album. like yeah that one is uh pretty pretty great that might be one of my favorites yeah so i hope uh music's the best thing i hope people enjoy the show and and start listening to more music because of it <laughs> This Must Be The Gig is produced by Adam Kibble. We'd like to thank Dean Berger and Daniel Brater for additional music, as well as the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey! If you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too. For information on new episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at TMBTGPod. And generally, just irritate everyone you know about the show. Thanks again, and I miss you already. During the holiday season, everyone's trying to get you to buy more stuff. Instead, head to StubHub so you can celebrate the season at a game or show. Take the whole family to the ballet, bang on the glass at a hockey game, or sing along with your favorite artist at a concert. Hey, we definitely count that as caroling. StubHub has the best selection of seats for all the holiday events you want to experience with your loved ones, and every ticket is 100% guaranteed. Get to StubHub.com or their user-friendly app today. StubHub. S-T-U-B-H-U-B. Be there. Consequence Podcast Network.